Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. Coming up this week, a shop that thought it didn't need tills or cashiers anymore has installed tills and cashiers because people didn't like not having tills or cashiers, it turns out. (laughs) Plus, a message to students thinking of cheating their way through their next exam. Don't. And if you do, don't plan on doing it with your hidden smartwatch. And if you're one of our Patreon supporters, this is your extended ad-free version of the show. And you'll also hear us going hands-on with the new Samsung Galaxy Fold. The folding phone for fans of folding. And phones? Well, yes, obviously. Uh, Thank you to patrons including Brian Jones, Matt Cottam, Ross Hanlon, Robert Wilson, Mark McAvoy, um, and many, many more who are supporting us directly and keeping us in uh, supply of socks. And what I can only assume uh, is Ian's most recent Uh shirt, which I have to say looks like a cross between a shirt and one of those magic eye puzzles. This is a relatively recent shirt, actually. You you have um, ascertained that correctly, yeah. Thank you. Um, Anyway, you can join those wonderful people and get access to our weekly sister show, which also returns this week. Extra message by going to patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Yes. Ian, we are back. We are. We've had a bit of a break. We had. We were going to have a short summer break, and then we had a medium length summer break, and then we thought, and then we had another break, and then and then life just kept getting in the yeah, way, as it does. I, I do. I do feel bad because I do think uh, on a Thursday night, if we're not recording this, I do think, what are those patrons going to do without their podcast, or what are the listeners in general going to do without this podcast? And then I realise they probably just get on with their lives. Well, we've re- we we received um, a, a few emails and messages from from some concerned citizens and you know yes. who you are thank you for your uh, for your concern and sorry to everyone for keeping you um hanging around like a piece of laundry on an outdoor <laughs> laundry drying wire what yes. are they called clothes wire clothes lines um that has been forgotten while somebody went on holiday yes uh, like macaulay culkin but without the boy inside <laughs> the clothes um but we are trying to get back on track now aren't we mate well not that hard because you've just (laughs) waffled for 15 minutes but anyway go on carry on okay anyway let's jump into some news shall we we found out this week that tills have been reinstalled in an experimental tiller shop opened by sainsbury's now you may remember a few months ago i actually recorded my experience walking around and checking out this store but it seems i wasn't the only one that thought the concept was flawed in yeah the supermarket wrote this week on its own blog that quote we've added a manned till and two self-checkouts back into the store so those looking to pay by cash and card can do so quickly and conveniently till free shopping is still available in the hoban circus store as well as eight other other convenience stores across London. Sainsbury's also said that some customers found the QR codes when leaving the store could have been easier to scan, so they designed new ones and adjusted where they were placed in store, and that a lot of people were happy using their mobile data to download the necessary app in order to do the shopping. Some people uh, wanted to do that over Wi-Fi, and they found that the journey to get on the Wi-Fi was a bit long, so... They've tweaked that process apparently yeah. as well. Now, none of that surprises me that they were the complaints because they were among the complaints that I had when I was trying this out. And I actually, I actually applaud Sainsbury's to be honest for, for you know, for trying something new, realizing it didn't work well, being honest about it. And I really am interested to see what it what it tries next. But 
there's a big part of me, uh, Ian. Yes. That wonders why checkout some checkout free stores uh, don't work for some businesses, whereas they do work for others. And I was thinking this because in the US, Amazon has cashless stores, yeah, uh, and reports suggest that they're doing well. And Apple. How all over the world, including here in London, um, lets anyone walk into an Apple store and take a pair of, you know, Beats headphones or something, or an Apple uh, Magic Mouse or whatever off a shelf, just scan it with their Apple Store app mm. and walk out. Yeah, don't have to talk to anybody. Curiously, I've never done that. I mean, I've I have bought very little from an Apple Store, but I did buy a watch charger, a USB C watch charger once, and I probably could have done that. But by, it seemed like by the time I'd fumbled around for my phone in my pocket, I'd reached the guy who had the thing, and he just did it for me. Well, I, I mean, this is the thing. I actually think it comes down to two two things. Three, if I include your very salient point, which, yes. my, may I say, was delivered with real aplomb. Thanks. Um, one of the things is that basically everyone has an Amazon account. Yes. Right. So there's there's very little to no friction. And if you don't have an Amazon account, you're never going to go in an Amazon store, are you? No, exactly. And 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 that's the second thing is I think that's true of Apple to a huge extent as well because, you know, thanks to iTunes and iPods and more recently iPhones and the App Store. Mm. I'm pretty sure I'm safe in saying that 99% of everybody who walks into an Apple store probably has an Apple account. They may not have a credit card associated with it, though. That's certainly possible, but but I reckon there are the percentage of people that walk into an Apple store do have an Apple account and do have it linked to a credit card or, yes. or at least store credit. I bet the percentage of them is way, 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 way higher than people who have the Sainsbury's app on their phone, have a Sainsbury's account, yes. have a Nectar account, yes. and have already paired the two together. No, I mean, that is... I regularly have to shop in Sainsbury's because it's my closest store, and if I want to walk to the shop rather than drive, it's by far the easiest way of doing it. Um, I don't have a Nectar card through choice. I don't have a Sainsbury's account. I'm not interested in shopping online, as weird as that might sound for a guy that loves tech. Um, I like to go to the shop, look around, pick up the things, and buy them. Uh, That's just the the way it works for me. Uh, So for me, this was always a non-starter. I was never going to bother doing all those things just so I could save... I don't know, a few seconds, because let's be honest, in most stores, the cash, you know, the self-checkouts are fast enough for the amount of items you would buy in a convenience store. Yeah. Not so perhaps in a bigger store, but in a bigger store... You might want to help get someone to help you scan anyway, or I, but I can all those hand scanny things that are very common are just as good in my opinion. So. I mean, everyone is these days now walks around with their phones in their hands like it's like it's an organ. Yes, you know, like they will literally drop dead in the street if they don't have their phone out. Yes, or or be within milliseconds of checking it for some change. <laughs> If I sound judgmental, I apologise, but it's really beginning to do my head in. Yes, you do see a lot of people just wandering aimlessly around the streets, staring at phones when they should be staring at where they're going. If it was just in the streets, mate, that wouldn't bother me so much. But let's not. Let, I'm not getting on that soapbox today because I really will feel like a massive ass. Okay. Um, but but I think it boils down to the fact that you're right. There there is friction that exists for a shop like Sainsbury's that doesn't have a prolific online presence in the way that 
larger companies, predominantly U.S. companies, but I think there are exceptions. Um, they don't, they, you know, they don't have. So we we don't have Sainsbury's card, and I really think that is probably the main reason why something like this didn't work. Yeah, either that, or the type of people, or rather the the inclination of people who go into a store like the one here in Hoburn, which is basically yeah. just surrounded by officers, white shirts, people with Amex cards. It's not really a tourist hotspot. Hot it's people who are going in for their lunches, a drink, you know, a pack of cigarettes or whatever they're going in for. Um, you know, those are the people that they don't need it speeding up for exactly the reason you've said. Like, they're yeah. just going to pay with contactless on an Apple Watch or on their Android phone or something. Yeah. Just can't, so that's already quick enough. Yeah, I mean, for, for, especially in that particular store that they're talking about, which is not a big shop, um, I, I kind of felt like, yeah, you, you're probably better off just putting in more self-checkouts or perhaps having people walking around uh, with some like customized app where they can check you out and do a you know a, a, a contactless payment on i don't know like a swipe thing or something like that mm. you know if you're just walking in for a sandwich there's not a lot of point queuing up if you can just find a guy who's got a thing and you know do it. but then the, of course the point was i guess ultimately to get down to fewer staff fewer staff and also less reliance on large floor space because yeah. the high street is being squeezed like never before yeah all over the world and so it's and and supermarkets are, are famously operative on very very slim margins yeah. highly highly competitive and so this Sainsbury's is in the middle ground in a, in a way it's not a waitrose but it's also not uh, a little yeah and so little is to me feels like the kind of company that probably could introduce this sort of thing and people would use it yeah. because they they're doing things on an even a tiny margins even by supermarket standards yeah. in order to bring costs down as low as possible and so if people do have to sign up to something like this but it allows their stores to be larger and their selection to be as good as it is then that makes sense whereas for yeah. something like Waitrose they're paying people pay more for the same products in a Waitrose but as a result they get you know, maybe a nicer looking store. They get staff that are trained longer to be more polite. I don't know. Yeah. It's been a while since I've actually been in a Waitrose that wasn't just the sandwich place around the corner. Indeed. But that seems like the place where they wouldn't need to introduce this. No. Um, I think it, it could be it could be done uh, well. Um, I think that the way Amazon does it is great because, like you said, it's, it's entirely frictionless. I even if you think about the step between picking up that hand scanner that a lot of supermarkets provide mm. and just going to the checkout that hand scanner is a lot more convenient it means you can put stuff in bags in your shopping trolley and then basically just walk out the store when you've paid people still don't do that because that step of i believe it's only a credit card you need to register it i think the the idea of using a club card or something like that has gone away um really if you can't talk people into doing that, then you're not going to be able to talk them into registering for an app, are you? No, but I also think I think we have to be very cognizant to the fact that the phone, the smartphone, is the supermassive black hole of the world yeah. in that it just absorbs everything. Mm. Over the last 10 years, it has absorbed standalone products such as camcorders, yeah. point-and-shoot cameras, GPS systems books, magazines, iPods, um, what else has it absorbed? Games consoles. Yeah. Um, it, it just Did you say cameras? Cameras, I've said cameras. It, you know, dictaphones for, for journalists. Yeah. Most, you know, journalists, they use their phones. 
it's just it's absorbing everything. So you would always, always be wrong to bet against the smartphone being the replacement for pretty much any yeah. piece of convenient technology. Yeah. It is going to replace it. But there is a way to do it. And I think the way Sainsbury's did it is probably not the way they should do it if they wanted it to be wildly successful. Yeah. The way they could do it to be wildly successful as a concept would have been, I think to use a third-party payment provider. Yeah, like if, Apple or Android or whatever. Something like that. Yeah. The, but you, but, there's but then also, they would lose 30%, would they not? Uh, well, no, I think... Oh, not for Apple Pay or Android depend, Pay. Exactly. The, 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 yeah. the rates there are more like credit cards than you know yeah. commissions. But they would never do that because the whole benefit to them to do this is the it's data tracking. and yeah. tracking and that loyalty system yeah so if they are handing over all that data to a third party yeah. then it probably outweighs the benefits they get from implementing it in the first place yeah they're, they're no they're they're no closer to owning that relationship with a with their well, customer. And, and for that reason alone i'm not interested in it i'm not interested in just being tracked yeah so it unless it unless it provided such convenience that i couldn't live without it then no so and even I, then i'd be re- reluctant yeah. So more needs to be done, but I think they need to they need to make that sign up process so ridiculously quick. One page, no more than 10 seconds, mm. minimal data at the point of setup. Nag them to fill in more later, but make that initial setup incredibly quick. Own that data and then and then I I do think this 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 could work, but um, but I'm not surprised that it hasn't so far. But, you know, well done for trying. And, you know, I have no intention of, or rather, I have no desire to see the British high street fail. I have no desire to see supermarkets go out of business. Um, but, you know, the way that they did it, it did feel like there was more in it for them than there was the consumer. And I think this has probably uh, made that uh, crystal clear. Yes. Very evident. If you have any opinions of this, of course, do let us know. Hello at UKTechShow.com. Interested in your thoughts? How could supermarkets reinvent themselves in the UK high street? Engadget this week had a very interesting story, as it so often does, of course. It wrote that the UK is considering banning all watches from school exams, that's both smartwatch and non-smartwatch, in an attempt to prevent cheating. An independent commission hired to investigate exam malpractice says it's too difficult to distinguish now between a regular watch and a smartwatch. And it's impractical to ask invigilators monitoring exams to check every student's watch. And so a sweeping ban, the commission says, would be more appropriate. Engadget continued that the Independent Commission on Examination Malpractice reported very low level of malpractice, but a total ban on all types of watches as well as other internet devices removes any possibility of candidates having non-sanctioned internet access during exams. This all to me feels relatively... Uh, understandable, I would say. I mean, when I wanted to cheat and my exams in, I would just not bother showing up for them in the first place. Yeah, you know, I preferred to be at home. Uh, you know, taking computers apart. Much, yeah. much to my mother's uh, continued vexation. Although, look at me now, Mum. I've got my own podcast and three pet <laughs> you giant and African lamb snails. I'm unstoppable. Uh, but yes. seriously, kids, stay in school uh, or don't. I mean, did, stay in school for the mandatory period. But school isn't right for everyone, right? Did you cheat in exams? No. Were you a good boy? I was. Mm. I don't. I. What's the point? 
Well, if you can't do it, I mean, I, you, I would argue there is no point to exams anyway. Well, that's I, a that is a debate for another. Episode. I think there are far better ways of assessing whether someone is capable of doing a job or not, and I don't, and I, I do not see a single reason that education for some people exists past the age of sixteen. Um, even even in even in jobs, but you know, relatively high powered jobs, you know, with lots of responsibility, I, I I think companies are in a much better place to train people than schools ever are. Well, I, I, I mean, I would say school that- education should be based on giving you the basics that you need. You know, getting you good at English in a practical sense, giving you an understanding of the world and where we are now and why we got here, and understanding maths and being able to use it in a practical and sensible manner and then the people who you are able to do those things very well would be moved on to further education and further education until they were nuclear physicists or whatever but you're listening to new rules for schools with ian morris (laughs) yes a forward-thinking take on the future of education to answer your question no i fundamentally don't like cheating i wouldn't do it i have a, a thought on something you just said about you know learning things that we never actually use. I mean, I remember telling Mrs. North that I was never going to use a protractor uh-huh. in my life. And she said, you don't know that. You need to use learn how to use a protractor. There's only one set of jobs that requires the use of a protractor, surely. I assume Mrs. North is dead now. Yes. Um, and I hope she is, actually, because she once told me off in front of an entire class for colouring in a giraffe blue and made fun of me. And then she also made me do PE in my little white pants when I'd forgotten my PE kit. Yeah. And I've never forgiven her for that. No. And to this day, when I see a giraffe, I think that giraffe would be better in blue. And I think that's absolutely fine. And I think uh, I think that one of the most damaging things you can do to any child is uh, criticise their creative impulse. You know, because it, it, it can shut people down. It yes. can destroy your creativity and it, it doesn't take much. It's surprising. You are obviously very lucky. You remain creative. But I've seen, I've seen people in my family lose confidence over their own artistic ability because people were critical. My artistic ability, Ian, is somewhere within the region, and I'm being fair to myself here, of a four-year-old who hasn't grown any fingers. No, I mean, I'm terrible at art. I mean, I would consider myself to be more of a creative person than anything else, rather than, you know, a mathematician or anything like that. Um, but no, my, my drawing skills are embarrassing. You and I should draw something. No. I think listeners it's should... It's like singing. I'm so humiliated by my inability to do it that I, I avoid it at all costs. I think listeners should write in and ask you and I both to draw something. Not yes. something ridiculously complicated, and then you and I will draw it. I'd, we'll... lo- I'd love them to write in so that I can not draw the things that they tell me to draw. We'll do it. It would just be so embarrassing. I think it'd be hilarious. No. Anyway, back to... Mind you, I might cheat at that. Ah, well, this is the thing, isn't it? No, I wouldn't cheat. You couldn't cheat with a smartwatch. What's the point? No. Um, And I... No. And I don't even know how you would cheat with a smartwatch, really. It's a distraction for one. And yeah... If it's potential, if it's got potential to be used for cheating, then why would you allow it? I do wonder whether kids have a sense of entitlement now that, you know, smartphones are so ingrained in their lives because, you know, on a macro level, it's it's so ingrained in our society Mm. that to not be allowed a phone is like saying, well, you need to leave your kidneys at the door on the way in. You won't be needing that. I don't, leave, I leave, don't leave your leave your en- digestive enzymes. You're not going to need to break down any proteins for the I next think it was hour. very well understood when I was a kid that there are just some things you're not allowed to do. And I don't see why that modern children would be any different mm. at all. You know, I, you know, you, you weren't allowed 
I, I can't remember what the rules were, but when I was at school, I had a scientific calculator. And I think some exams you weren't allowed a scientific calculator in and some you were um, for obvious reasons. Yes, I remember that. Actually, yeah. So it's probably one of the exams I showed up to. <laughs> probably, yeah. Uh, so you know, I think I think that, and I don't think I had any problem with that at the time. So I, I would assume that kids would be like, "Yep, yeah, it seems fair enough to me." The other thing is to make the exams so hard that they're literally impossible to cheat on anyway, and I don't think anyone wants that, do they? Um, no, I do. I can't remember if I think it was. A, I think it was a British school where there's some really old law. That says if you show up in a suit of armor, you're allowed to ask for a pint of ale. And yes, but technically it was still a law like so, Oxford or something. Yeah, like so that. they had to give it, but then they were also allowed to be removed from the exam for wearing armor yeah. and bringing a sword into a yeah. into an exam. I don't know how true that is, but I remember it. I remember it too, but I don't know. It's, and I think that's t- totally justified. I want. As well. I, it seems like the sort of thing that would have been on QI. Yes. Yeah. S. Um, now, going back, of course, to the to the ban, this is something I believe is actually already in place in the states. I think school, some schools, at least in the US, have banned uh, have banned smartwatches from exams, or certainly from uh, some some exams. And this, according to Engadget, also is a recommendation for the UK's Office of Qualifications and Exam Regu- Regulation, or the much more memorable Ian Ofqual. <laughs> which oversees all schools in the UK. And Ofqual said it will work with the Commission uh, to implement its recommendations and consider banning watches in all UK exams as soon as next summer. Thank you, Ofqual. Well, we are going to trial a new little feature this week because, well, I say this week, we're trialling it this week. We may bring it back depending on the kind of um, messages that we get. I have tentatively called this Ian. Yes. I've not called it Ian. Oh. Uh, I've called it, comma, Ian. Yes. uh, Comma. Letters to the editors. And it's, uh, we've got, uh, basically we wanted to start doing a little bit more practical advice. Yes. Didn't we? We were trying to think. What Arian and I, what do we think we're good at? Well, we think we're good at giving people opinions. Yes. We've well, got, we're definitely good at opinions. We've got lots of opinions. And the second thing we thought is, well, we've got a long experience of working with consumer technology. Yes. So what if we give advice? So that's the point of this section. And we've got our first uh, our first email uh, that came in over, the, over our break. And we're going to tackle this right now. Dear Ian and Nate... My husband and I love listening to text message and usually listen together in bed. We thought you'd be interested in a story of ours and it led us to having a question we have for you. We're both iPhone users but live at the top of a hill in the east of Scotland and as a result our mobile signals are extremely weak unless we open our large north-facing window and stand near it. The problem is, thanks to A, the elevation of our house, and B, Scotland, the winds are often strong and it means opening the window causes doors the other end of the house to bang rock in a hard place. So, we recently took the advice of a friend who said the old Blackberries were actually still very good uh, in this situation. We went out to one of those high street trade-in electronics stores and bought one of the more recent 
BlackBerry models to try it out, and it does indeed work extremely well. The door hasn't slammed once since we wedged the phone underneath it, and it's also a little more fun than the wooden doorstop it replaces, allowing us to use our iPhones with the window open with no risk to door frame integrity. So our question for you both is, what piece of old technology have you put to a good new use in your home? Regards, Lauren and Steve. What a what a great and very detailed question. It is, isn't it? Um, so I, my initial thought here is I, um, it's it's not a tech thing that I repurposed, but I have a had a very nice fourteen inch. Uh, circumference Afri- wooden African gem- djembe. How did you know it's circumference, Nate? Did you use a pair uh, did, of compass? No, I just, I, just, I just read the sticker on the side <laughs> at the African drum shop. Okay, very good. And uh, anyway, these things are handmade in Ghana in mm. Africa, which is, you know, fair to say, very hot. Um, but so hot was a summer heat wave that we had a couple of years ago. Um, here in, uh, in, in in the Queen's Nation, that um, it warped the skin of this drum. So right. hotter than it was in Ghana. Yeah. Ruined the drum. And my wife, Kate, in a moment of wonderful creativity, decided to use it as a very ornate uh, stand, plant pot, ah. for her cheese plant. Very good. Uh, which she actually named um, Robert Plant. Very good. <laughs> yeah, Robert Plant. Um, so that wasn't a tech repurposing, no. but it was a creative repurposing of a thing for another thing. And I'm madly trying to think if I've repurposed any tech. Um, really? Yeah, but See, I some don't people think use, I really have. I know that some people do reuse um, old smartphones as like um, like CCTV yeah. sort of things or baby monitors, things like that. Yeah, and I mean, I have. I, I suppose I have tried all that stuff in the past. I've, I definitely have used some of those apps where you can, um, well, you can convert a smartphone to a, a security camera. Or, but the, the 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 trouble is that it's it's inherently unreliable and uh, usually unsatisfactory. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I like the idea of that. I think the more we can reuse, uh, the less goes into landfill. So that's a really good idea. And I've, I've just thought of one that I actually yes. did. Um, when I was much, much younger, I had absolutely no money, but I did have a pair of headphones. And um, if you plug a pair of headphones into a microphone socket, yes. it acts as a microphone. Yes, it does. And I used to record um, drum demos when I was a teenager by putting two uh, headphones on either side of the drum kit mm-hmm. and recording onto a mini disc player. And what sort of results did you get from that? Surprisingly good. I suppose because drums are very loud, yes. they have got the power to move those uh, diaphragms enough to produce a realistic, really good sound. It worked. Well, really it, good. But. Yeah, it, no, it, it worked It worked surprisingly well, astonishingly well, actually, I have to say. It was, uh, it, it was, it was pretty good. Very good. So... Um, if you have any questions for us in our new section, editors, letters, no, what did Let, I call letters it? Letters to the editors? Letter to, letters, letter. letters to the editors. Well, or letter to the editors, because they'll presume we're only sending one letter. And it doesn't have the rhyme, okay, the impact fine. that I that I wished, you know, so it's edit, letters That's fine. to the editors. That's the reason we did that, Ian. Okay. I thought that would have been clear to apologies, you. Apologies, apologies. Mm, I'll accept it. A later date. Um, but you can send those in. Hello at UKTechShow.com. Subject line, letter to the editor. You're used to hearing the smooth, velvet sound of Nate's voice drizzled over your ears like a warm eardrum syrup. 
topped off with the freshly squeezed citrus tang of an Ian Morris opinion. Supporters of the show at patreon.com forward slash UK tech enjoy second helpings every week. So pull up a chair, find your nearest spoon, and tuck into a sumptuous extra helping with no commitment. If you have any allergies, please inform a waiter. Let's check in with our friend, our longtime friend, our brother from another mother, Mr. Tom Merritt from DailyTechNewsShow.com, who we've missed in our ears. We have. At least on this show. He's still been podcasting, oh, of yeah. course. Tom, what have we missed out on this week? This week on Daily Tech News Show, of course, we parse the breadth of announcements of phones and more from Apple, discuss the implications of a California bill trying to make Uber drivers full-time employees that'll have some side effects, and Uber may not follow in any way. We dig into what I think is probably the biggest tech story of the week, Huawei, offering to license its 5G tech in order to allay concerns about security, and we check in on the state of virtual reality with Nicole Lee from Engadget. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Thank you, Tom. It is an absolute delight to edit your segment into the show in post-production, but pretend at the point of recording like we did it live. (laughs) Um, Thank you to our patrons, of course, for continuing to support us over our summer hiatus and support us every week on bringing this show uh, to everybody. You are brilliant and you also get, well, most of you get, uh, Extra Message, our weekly sister show, uh, which is going out around the same sort of time that we're recording this episode. And that's available to everyone to try out um, with no commitment needed at patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Yes. And if you'd like to send us comments, you can do so by emailing hello at uktechshow.com. You can follow us on Twitter. It's at text message pod to keep up to date with the most important UK technology headlines throughout the week. And are you going to tell everyone to leave a review on iTunes? I am going to tell everyone to leave a review on iTunes because... Why? Because they aren't. Actually, somebody did. Somebody did. Yeah, they did. Well, I mean, the thing is, I, I do understand that we have got to the sort of critical mass with that i think but i would encourage you if you haven't reviewed the show on itunes uh we'd love to have your review i realize that means opening itunes but hey ho unless you're on the new version of mac os catalina which Ah. i'm now running and itunes no longer exists uh indeed and also i believe you can review it from your apple phone if you are an apple user you know for something that isn't genuinely isn't scripted we've made this sound awfully scripted well i know (laughs) It's weird, isn't it? But it is. we were just in that mood. We were. Mode. Do you know what? Actually, you know, leaving a review is Ian is is very right, and I thank my right honourable friend for 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 raising that point. Um, but I've been watching a lot of BBC Parliament. Yeah, I could tell. Oh my god, I really have way more entertaining than Love Island. It, well, yeah, which I've never watched, but so, it looks like the so most some horrendous thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, forgot my point what was my point uh it was something about um yeah we were talking about reviews yeah actually what would be really helpful yeah. to the show now is tell a friend yeah. tell, tell a colleague tell them why you enjoy the show and maybe help them install an app or find the podcast and say give it a listen good idea uh, uh, why don't point them to spotify because it's very easy to subscribe on Spotify. It is. And actually, to be honest, so UKTechShow.com is on your website. It's been around now for, for a little while. But on the homepage, I've designed it so that it is so easy to find where to listen to the show. Direct Spotify links, direct Acast links, direct Google Podcasts, direct 
uh, RSS, everything. It's right there in front of you with big fat logos. Mm. It's unmissable. And you can listen to the latest episode on the homepage, which I know sounds like an obvious thing, but on the old version of the site that we ran for four years, it wasn't actually that easy at all. So now, UKTechShow.com, it's a good place to just send people and help them, you know, get on board. You know, like, like, a, like, a, like Captain Pugwash would help somebody onto the ship before making horrendous innuendos. Oh, yes. It's just like that. Right, we're done. Okay. Bye. Thank you.